Thank you for joining us for CF on Cyber, the podcast for executives who want to cyberproof their businesses. Today, we're going to dive into the GDPR guidelines. Under the GDPR, businesses need to specify their basis for processing personal data. We're going to hear from Carlton Fields attorneys Mike Yeager and Steve Blickensdurfer. Hello and welcome to another episode of CF on Cyber. My name is Stephen Blickensdurfer. I'm an associate at the firm's Miami office in its data privacy and cybersecurity practice group. I am joined today by Mike Yeager, shareholder in our New York New York office. Mike, why don't you introduce yourself? Thanks, Steve. Well, I help companies and individuals with sensitive problems with the government and private parties. I focus on cybersecurity and white collar matters and have ever since I uh, left the federal government where I was a prosecutor. Excellent. Thank you, Mike. So we're going to be talking today about guidelines that were recently issued by the GDPR's lead enforcer, and that is the European uh, Data Protection Board. We've talked about their guidelines before in a past episode. We talked about the extraterritorial reach of the GDPR. That was a very important one for U.S.-based businesses. This is an equally important one in our eyes because it talks about the justifications for processing. And to recap, under the GDPR, there are six reasons, six bases for processing data. Uh, It's found under Article 6. You have consent, contract, legal obligation, like you're complying with the law, vital interests, where it's necessary to protect vital interests, uh, public interests, and the legitimate interests of the controller, where you have to balance it against the rights of the subject. So we're specifically talking about the second of those bases, the contract basis. And so under uh, 6.1b, you can justify processing data uh, where you need it to perform a contract or set up um, set up the contract at the request of the subject. So. And another uh, little nuance here, we're talking about this basis in the context of an online services contract. Think buying goods on Amazon.com, for example. And that is important for U.S.-based businesses because there are a lot of companies here that operate online and that collect data from the European economic area. And so that's why these guidelines in particular impact businesses all over the globe and particularly in the United States. So we're going to shift gears now and get into the nitty gritty. Mike, why don't you start us off? Absolutely. So necessity is the key inquiry under the contract basis. We're talking about the basis for collecting or processing information, personal information from a data subject. And the contract basis says that processing is acceptable when it's necessary for the performance of a contract or for setting up the contract. Uh, For both, there's the necessity requirement. I I guess I should just give you an example of what it means to um, set up a contract. I was just going to ask, what kind of uh, contract are we talking about, online contract? Like when you purchase a good online, you're a consumer, you go on Amazon and you purchase something. Absolutely. And the weirder thing is the setting up. I mean, the example that they give in this guidance is someone entering her postal code on a company's website to see if a service is offered in the area. That's an example of something that's sort of pre-contractual that would fit under the contract exception. But the more important piece for most people, most companies, is about collection that actually furthers performance under a contract. And the key thing here is they're taking a pretty restrictive view of necessity because 
the guidance says that a processor is supposed to process as little data as possible in order to achieve the purpose. And the purpose is the specific performance under the contract. They also say if performance is possible and realistic without collecting the data, if there are less intrusive alternatives, then you haven't demonstrated necessity. The processing is not necessary and you don't get the contractual exception. Now, we, we see this processing, this purpose limitation throughout the, these guidelines. And I think that's because we understand that that's one of the, uh, the fundamental elements to the GDPR is that you are supposed to limit the purposes uh, by which you are processing data. If you don't have a good reason to process it, then you shouldn't be processing the data or you should find a good reason uh, if one exists. Right. And this is an interesting limitation because enormous amounts of what are going to be relevant here are contracts, economic activity. And so one might be tempted to think that this would handle almost all collection issues. But as they narrow it, you see that it can't. Uh, one example is the guidance also makes clear that a uh, company would not have a lawful basis simply because advertising indirectly funds the provision of the service. So if you're collecting behavioral, uh, collecting information in order to do behavioral advertising, to advertise to people based on, say, past online purchases, that would not be activity that would fall under the contractual exception. They don't care if a company's business model is based on advertising. And what is the reason they give for that? Well, essentially, they uh, want this to be governed by the particular contract with the particular individual. They don't want this to be a justification on the level of a business model. These are contracts that people just click through and come online. And there, there seems to be a sort of suspicion of, frankly, click-through agreements and um, the sorts of things that we see and don't read. Yeah, and that, that's getting to a point that I wanted to raise, which is why the focus on online contracts. And I think that's because, uh, and we, we, we kind of get the hint in the recitals in the background section, is that online contracts, uh, when you're dealing with an online website, for instance, it's a faceless company and, and they recognize that you don't have the opportunity, is you, you, the consumer, to negotiate the terms of this contract with the nameless face or the faceless company. And so you might not realize the data that you're giving up. And the contractual basis is centers on the reasonable expectations of the subject. So often, you know, rec representing uh, the controller or that is the entity that's collecting and uh, saying how to use data, you focus so much on your point of view. Uh, I, you know, this is justified under the contractual basis because I said it is. It relates tangentially to the contract, and so that's going to be my justification. Well, these, these guidelines are important because it, these particular examples and what we're talking about really shuts that down uh, when the regulator is saying we will not accept that in, in the context of an online services contract. And again, as we talked about in the last podcast we had on the GDPR guidelines, these are uh, fact-specific circumstances. So the guidelines are just that. They're guidelines and rules of thumb for uh, you know, general instances. So the behavioral advertising uh, may not work most of the time, but there could be an instance where it does work, right, Mike? Yeah, you're going to have to drill down to 
the purpose of the particular contract. What is the bargained for performance? And so that's different from saying why the company does this. Well, maybe the company does this because, frankly, it wants to make money off of advertising. But that's not what the uh, data subject, the flesh and blood human being, is coming to the website for. And that, that's what they mean by looking at it from the data subject's point of view. Right. One of the examples I love, because it really hits this point between what's reasonably necessary and what's you know, not necessarily expected. It's it's actually in the first example. It's when you're shopping on Amazon and you put in your, your name and your address and your credit card, you need that information to process and ship the information. What if you go on a, on a website where you could go and, and pick up the item in store? Then the collection of your home information, to the extent it's not necessary for your credit card processing, is not necessary. And so you cannot rely on the contractual basis um, basis for uh, to process that data. You would have to find another basis on which to, to justify the processing of the data. So very interesting examples there. Um, and this also applies, uh, this applies also to bundled services as well. Right. That you would need to examine each service separately. Right. You have to look at okay, this service is being contracted for, for this reason, that that's the performance under this particular one. And overall, we're just seeing that this version of vision of necessity, this definition of necessity is far narrower than you will see in other places in American law. I mean, this is not uh, the necessary and proper clause in the constitution. This is not John Marshall giving a broad, expansive interpretation that gives the government a lot of room to run. This is a much narrower code of conduct that they are putting on companies that operate in this space. This is a European version of necessary. Yes, it is not a constitution <laughs> we are interpreting. Right. But here. it's important to re realize it is objective uh, and that you have to consider not only your perspective if you're the controller, but also the subject, uh, the subject's perspective. What it, could they reasonably expect you would do with their data if they either are you know, you enter into this contract to perform it or the steps, you know, what you need to take to get into this contract at their request. So absolutely. And not just what you need to get into the contract, but what you need to get out of it. Uh, there is some guidance here also on contract termination because the GDPR requires deletion of data that's no longer necessary for the purpose for which it was collected. So you've just got to keep track of this more. Um, when the original legal basis is gone, the data's got to be deleted. Now, if at the outset of the contract, the user has also given consent, the, the data subject has given consent for the controller to use the data, even after the contract terminates, well, then the controller can use it. But if your business model is going to be about the data subject's data, if it's going to be monetizing that long term, you're going to have to think of these things at the outset of the contract. You can't simply uh, try to backfill it at the end or come back to them for consent. Well, you, you also raise uh, another point in that this these guidelines talk about the relationship between the contractual basis and the other bases, okay? Because there are five other legal bases uh, by which to justify processing data. So in your example of a termination of a contract, which comes out in example three in the guidelines, 
that makes clear, you could couple it with consent and then processing after the termination of a contract, your legal basis is consent, given that it would, you know, assuming it meets the threshold, the heightened threshold for consent in the GDPR. Uh, so what we're finding in these guidelines is that um, contractual necessity, okay, is a, is a tougher uh, basis to justify processing. Uh, because if you don't meet its limited criteria, you should have, if you want to continue to, to process that data, another basis. And if anything, you should be, unless it's clear, like giving your, your shipping address to ship a product you buy online, you should double check and ask, are there other bases on which to justify this data? And so example five really hits on that. That's when the bank uh, asks you to, con to confirm your identity. Uh, before, you know, either that's either leading up to the contract or in performance of the contract, because it has a legal obligation to do that. Well, it would make more sense to justify that processing on with the legal obligation prong of, of Article 6. And right. the and guidelines that actually case, advise to, it's better to justify it on that basis than the contractual, which is very interesting. Absolutely. And in that case, that won't sneak up on a financial institution. They're aware that they have KYC, know your customer obligations. They know about it. Some of these other things may get trickier when they're not prescribed by law. I mean, a lot of the time people will want to rely on consent. The thing to remember is that the GDPR requires a fairly robust version of consent. Uh, some of the things that pass muster in the U.S. would not pass muster under the GDPR. And, and as you're saying, I think this is basically the Data Protection Board's attempt to close off other um, escape hatches so that really you can't take too much comfort from the contract exception, uh, which otherwise might look like it would allow you to get around the more specific requirements for consent. That's right. The, these the regulators are not, you know, they're smart. They know that in, so let's, let's, you know, dial the, the clocks back before the GDPR, we were under the directive. And in the directive, one of the bases uh, that was most often used was legitimate basis. Uh, I'm sorry, the legitimate interests of the controller. Okay. Right. And in that, in the directive, the, the burden shift was not on the controller like it is now. It was, uh, if you have a problem with it, then you got to show how the controller doesn't have that legitimate interest. But here, under the GDPR, they took that, they looked at it, they said, no, 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 this became a catch-all. And, it, you know, the exception kind of swallowed the rule kind of thing, uh, where they now, you have to, if you're the controller, you have the burden of showing that your legitimate interests in the data uh, override fundamental rights of privacy. And so that's, that's a very uh, high bar. And so by shifting that, that made uh, parties look at it and say, okay, well, what are the other bases? Oh, you know, this probably falls into contract because it's related to a contract. Well, no, no, no. The, the language of the, of the GDPR includes the word necessary, which, you know, Mike, you talked about just a moment ago. That makes, by issuing these guidelines and talking about this, they're, they're, they're basically putting their thumb on this and, and, and showing that, in the contracts of online services in particular, because that's an area of concern, this basis is going to be looked at with heightened scrutiny Yes, along these lines in a fact-based context. So one of the other things that the guidelines do is they, I, I love the examples. I think the examples are great. It really brings home 
uh, some of the stuff that that they're talking about in these very dense guidelines. So they talk about specific situations and they give examples for each. So Mike, let's go through some of those. Uh, and, and you brought it up earlier, but let's talk a little bit about behavioral advertising because there's some interesting stuff in here about that. Yeah, I mean, I think example six talks about an online news site where uh, it's offering a service of uh, news aggregation. And it might require a user to create a profile of interests and personalize it so that they can get particular uh content. Right. I've, do, I've done that before. And I'm sure you have too, when you sign up for something and you want to get particular, you know, data absolutely filtered through that way. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone can see why that would be especially useful. I mean, perhaps the paradigmatic example would be some of these um, old style uh, dating services, not old style, meaning not Tinder swiping, but when people are putting in every possible aspect of their own personality and trying to match some uh, completely identical mate or something. Uh, well, personalization really is part of what people are bargaining for in that context. So that that seems like an easier example. Right. Where, where the processing is objectively reasonable. Right. But, but then you go to the next example, which is example seven, you have the online hotel search engine. And it monitors your past bookings to create a profile and recommend particular hotels in your next booking experience. The guidelines actually point that out as a profiling of past behavior that is not objectionably, objectively necessary under the contractual, um, the contract basis. So you'd have to find another basis if you can in order to justify that processing one of those low-hanging fruits being consent. That makes a yeah, lot and, of sense. Yeah, and that, that's another one worth dwelling on because this is so obviously part of the business model of an online hotel search engine that is not charging you a fee to use it. How else are they making money? They are advertising and personalizing ads toward you and perhaps uh, selling your data. And this would seem to be clear. It's certainly part of the business model, but this just shows that a business model is really not the same thing as the specific individual contact um, uh, contracted issue. Right. And you cannot, a company cannot justify this entire form of operation just by pointing out that this would be obvious or implicit in their business model. That's right. And so let's just wrap it up with some big picture thoughts here. Um, and, and one of those that, that comes to mind is just as you're saying, you can't just default to contract basis as being the justification for processing data. There, there appears to be a push to consent, um, among others, but consent is probably the, the chosen one of them all because that is the one that allows, you know, has to be informed, it has to be specific, it has to be contemporaneous to the, the time. So if you can meet all those things, then it, it, it kind of creates this, you are allowed to do with the data what you want, because at that point, the, the individual knows exactly what you're going to do and all is well. So there seems to be a, a move towards that. I, I agree. And I think that these guidelines are also showing that what a lot of us were worried about with the GDPR is slowly, inexorably coming to pass. There are ways in which this, the, the underlying theories behind the GDPR are going to impose costs upon the online marketplace. And on the margins may push some services to charge fees as opposed to 
subsisting on an advertising model. Clearly, you can obtain consent, you can do this, but it it is a real cost for businesses and a change in the way that they have to operate. I'd also say that because there are many businesses that have already built large networks before these rules were in place. This may have the effect of entrenching incumbents in the marketplace in different sectors, people who already have those networks. It may also lend some benefit to people who build networks outside of the EU before they venture in. Uh, Clearly, there are downsides to avoiding a region of the world for a while, but it, it just shows that if the EU remains different from the rest of the world in this respect, it will have some interesting effects on where people want to start businesses. That's right. You know, because as we're seeing global data privacy laws take hold in other countries, you know, Brazil comes to mind. They recently came out with their Brazilian data protection statute that is, you know, covers all industries in Brazil and, you know, extends beyond Brazil's borders. One of the differences, notable differences between the Brazil statute and the GDPR is that it has altered, you know, different bases some of the same, but some additional bases uh, for processing. And that's a subtle little difference that can make a profound change because if you can have a justification uh, for processing data in one country, but you can't have a justification for processing in another country, then you might shift to that other country depending on your business or whatever. There's lots of variables, but in in a very basic sense, you would go where there's less regulation. And, you know, we're, we're having those here in the United States. The California statute is obviously top of mind for lots of folks. Absolutely. And that doesn't necessarily have this same style of, of legal basis for processing, but there are impediments to doing what you want with data because now consumers have rights, because California consumers in particular, where they didn't have them before. So it's a fast-changing world, particularly in the data privacy space, uh, and stay tuned for more. This is obviously a signal from EU regulators about this kind of processing, the justifications for processing. You have to be very particular and very careful uh, and, and you know, align yourself with, with uh, folks, uh, your team internally or externally, your legal, your, your consultants to the extent that you have them. Um, they need to you know, look at these guidelines because these guidelines are very persuasive when it comes to interpreting the GDPR. Yes. I mean, if we're going to do privacy by design, we need the technical people to be aware of this as they're designing and the business people, because as you were just outlining, there are choices of market that you might make, just elementary basic business decisions that are going to be driven by these kinds of considerations. Well, that's all I, I we have today. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thanks, Mike, for, for taking the time and everyone for listening. And we hope you'll join us again soon. You've been listening to Carlton Fields' CF on Cyber podcast series with Steve Blickensturfer and Mike Yeager. To learn more about our cybersecurity and data privacy practice, visit carltonfields.com. This podcast is intended for general information and educational purposes only and should not be relied on as if it were advice about a particular fact situation. The distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and a receipt of it does not constitute an attorney-client relationship with Carlton Fields. Thanks for listening. 